Eternal Dirtles is a Hipsters of the Coast podcast sponsored by Paragon City Games and Bearded Dragon Games. You can support us at patreon.com slash eternal dirtles. Hello and welcome to Eternal Dirtles. I'm your host, Zach Clark, and with me as always, Nathan Gully and Phil Blackman. How's it going, guys? Pretty good. Same. <laughs> well, let's start things out with a couple quick announcements. Um, first, you know, we've really appreciated uh, the, our last few guests who have come on, uh, going back to Grayson. You know, we had three in the past four weeks. Uh, we love having our guests on. I just wanted to thank uh, Brian Anderson from uh, Paragon City Games, one of our sponsors. He connected us to Ben Friedman. Uh, and then Ben, uh, thanks, because he connected us to Jonathan Sukenik, who I thought was a really great interview. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, it was really nice to see him get a chance. I mean, because, I mean, he's like uh, an accomplished player. who It was his first podcast, and I saw some people congratulating him for being on our podcast, which I thought was kind of funny. But uh, he did a great <laughs> job, and, and Ben did too, and Grace did. So thanks to all of our guests yeah. and people who have uh, helped us out uh, getting uh, guests on. And yeah. we're here if you have suggestions or you know want to for, want to come on for any reason at all. We had uh we and we you know we had discussions on Reddit this week about uh about a few things and one of them was uh someone asked about uh elves and uh, I, I may have that lined up uh, in a week or two we may have a, a uh, elves player uh, on to talk to talk about that deck. So uh, yeah we're gonna be doing more interviews as time goes on uh, and if you can. Think of people that you wanna wanna hear from. Have them get in touch with us at EternalDirtlesCast at gmail.com. Or finding one of us on Facebook. Yeah, you can whatever. find us. We're we're pretty we're pretty much out there. <laughs> Tweet um, at us, yo. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm I do know how to yeah, fix the Twitter account so we can check it now. Yes. Awesome. <laughs> what is the Twitter account? The Twitter account it, is it is at, at EternalDirtlesCast. EternalDirtlesCast. Great. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Nate will be able to see you there. Uh, Dirtle Magus, uh, right here. And uh, Phil, are you Philly Wonka? No, bro. I'm at Force of Phil, but Philly Wonka Force, would be sweet. Force of Phil, even better. Force of Phil. Great. Uh, Get the pun. Yes. Uh, do we? <laughs> I'm all about that pun life. Um. So uh, another quick announcement. Uh, thanks to thanks to Phil's uh amazing promo. Uh, we, we've gained some, uh, followers on our Patreon and I wanted to shout those people out. I want to shout out the all time list so that we get, you know, we have a ground level to start out from. Um, and that's, that's awesome. Cause we're, you know, we're able to, uh, do things like, uh, scout out a little bit more time for, uh, interviews and stuff like that. Uh, so, so I really appreciate people, uh, coming on to Patreon and supporting us that way as well. Um, I'm going to just list the people off real fast. Uh, all time, uh, first, our very first patron was Tony Loman. Uh, who, who's a, who's a local uh, grinder and uh, tends to play Chalice decks. Um, then we've got uh, uh, J. Brian Anderson, uh, aka uh, Paragon City Games, has been has been supporting us for a very long time. Uh, then we have Eric Virgo has been supporting us. Thank you very much, Eric. Um, we have uh, Jared the Armit. I want to say, I if I if I messed up your name, I apologize. And then oh, uh, we should have we should have gone over this first. Yeah, it's <laughs> true. My my apologies <laughs> if I if I screwed up your name. Uh, and uh, then we have uh, John Franksick, uh, and uh, Paul Justin Cox the third. Those are all of our our, our current patrons. Uh, and I'm sure you'll uh, get a chance to hear uh, Phil uh, entice you into uh, 
being a patron uh, over the course of this cast as well. Yo, as somebody who used to write actual professional wrestling promos, <laughs> we're going to add a tier to the Patreon where if you're in that tier, I will cut a personal promo on you on the cast. That's amazing. There we go. <laughs> yeah, we really got it. We got to we got to ramp up those tiers. Oh man, we're we're really who we're knows, really Who knows what a, what what a, what a, a promo is worth? But <laughs> I guess we'll find out. We'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> um, so onto the speaking, onto the real uh, oh you speaking of something else what's going on I was gonna say speaking of tears right yeah yeah we did <laughs> so Grand Prix Richmond is the next big event today is twenty uh, third this will be out on I guess the twenty sixth so this will be maybe one of the last things you hear uh, on the way to the Richmond Grand Prix which I believe starts on a Friday so uh, I, I when you said speaking of tears I thought you meant like literal crying tears. <laughs> And I was like, oh, I guess it is kind of sad that this is the last cast before a major event. But I guess <laughs> well, that makes it more important. I'm, uh, I'm gonna, I'm not, I'm sitting this one out. I'm not against traveling to Grand Prix, but it's my anniversary. That's so, fair, I guess. Home. Man, how uh, great would it, how great would your anniversary be if you took home a trophy, though? Yeah. I mean, I did originally was like thinking like maybe we could put like a nice trip together to like the <laughs> old South. The but, old South. Well, you know, what, what, what do you do? What's like a what's like a vacationy thing in Richmond? I'll tell you, you know? I, I did the uh, the Airbnb where I stayed at like a farm uh, for uh, SCG Con, and it, it was a blast. I had a really great time actually. Uh, uh, I had more fun at, uh, just hanging out in the in the house playing magic with my friends in in a giant farmhouse than I did actually going to SCG Con and have, having people play Eldrazi against me in the No Bandless Modern event. Right. Well. Richmond's on the other side of the state, but anyway. Wow, uh, wow. You, you've you been served. <laughs> well, you can't stay in the same farmhouse, the Appalachian yeah. farmhouse. Yeah. Like a nine there, hour drive. I'm sure there's another farmhouse. <laughs> Probably. Um, Phil will be there. Oh, yeah, I'm going to be there. What, who, what am I playing? Who knows? We're going to talk about that tonight. Yeah. But, I, I mean, there's there's some possibilities. We'll chat through them. I'm a Zach. 99% not going, but if I do go, I have I have some options. Yeah. Well, let's start. I, I took out the top 12 decks. Uh, we used Goldfish data. One thing I think is interesting is I'm no longer really expecting a breakout deck from an event like this, like or something to sneak up. I kind of I feel am. Like, I'm on the other side. I think I think there's a lot of there's still some room. I think there's room. I would be shocked if the if a person has a deck that's good enough to beat this gauntlet that isn't already practicing it on Magic Online, and it would have been would have been uh, reported. At oh, this point. I see what you're saying. You see what I'm saying? Thank so, you. Also, for for everybody that we share a screen during every cast, and so for these for the first how long has this cast been going on for right now? For the first 15 minutes, Nate left the screen on a Stoneblade deck that only had two Ponder in it. <laughs> Just to get me heated. That's how we. Literally that's how we get him riled up. I'm staring at a deck list that has multiple one ofs and two ponder. That's how we get Phil uh, wound up before wound every up, show. Yeah. We just show him Yo, deck I'm, lists with not four ponder. We've got forty. We got I'm forty-five straight, minutes until we're talking cut, about that deck. I'm gonna cut a, a promo that we're just gonna tack on at some point midway through the show on two ponder. He's going to cut a heel promo on how bad to ponder is. One, one right. uh, final thing before we get into the, to the whole thing. I want people to, 
sort of uh, have their head, heads in this space because it's coming up in about five or six weeks. And that um, is to play four ponder. Well, also play four ponder. But uh, we are going to have our 100th episode, and uh, we're going to announce some stuff about that and how that's going to work. Uh, but we're we're gonna we're gonna plan something pretty big for a hundred episodes, so keep that in mind. For a hundred episodes, should we just uh, go through the greatest of all time deck list that played four ponder? <laughs> yeah, okay. Maybe for our maybe for our hundredth episode, we'll make you play a deck with two ponder. Yo, that the the the, the Patreon tier, I, I don't know how high it would have to be to get me to go to a competitive <laughs> event with only two ponder in my deck, but it's it's high. It's up there. <laughs> All right, so here's here's a top tier of decks as I sort of see it. Um, number one, Grixis Control. Number two, well, I'm just listing them by numbers. These aren't one, two, three, four. Uh, Grixis Control, Death and Taxes, Blue, Black, Death Shadow, and Sneak and Show. I, like I feel that. like if there is a best deck in the format, it comes from this set of four. I agree. I can't help but notice that if you just added a fourth color to a deck, then you can have a fun name. But if you only have three colors, you're Grixis Control. Or one color. Yeah, right. If you have one color, then you're Death and Taxes. Oh, yeah. So if you're, if you're <laughs> monocolor or four color, then you get fun names. Well, I've been playing a lot of blue-black Death Shadow, um, which is funny because I don't usually play a top-tier deck, but Death Shadow is just like the kind of card that I love playing. Um, so I've actually really enjoyed it. It's a lot of, there's a lot of mirrors, which is interesting. Um, and ironically, I haven't really, go on. I was going to say, I haven't really played against a lot of the decks listed in this top tier. I played against a lot of, of, uh, of loam decks and stuff like that in my, or the mirror. Um, but the deck is, is solid. I, I feel like it's getting figured out a little bit. My win rate has gone down sort of precipitously. Um, and I've been goofing around too with some different card choices and stuff like that. But I do think the deck is good. I also think a lot of people will play it. Whether that makes it the best deck, I think remains to be seen. I mean, there was a lot of them in the last MTGO challenge. I think there were seven in the top sixteen. You think uh, our uh, interview with Ben Friedman had anything to do with that? I don't know if our interview with Ben Friedman had to do any had anything to do with it. I'm in the <laughs> I'm in the Blue Black Death Shadow Discord, and uh, there's always more people coming in. It's one of the most popular ones for "Look Who's Here Now" announcements. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of people trying a lot of different stuff. I think now I think this deck is good. I mean, it's clearly good. Um, but if, if I think if you're expecting to see it, I think you you, you can you can figure out a plan for it, and that plan may come in the form of Grixis Control. Which is, you know, it, it has bolt off the top, which has beaten me. Like yeah. sometimes you got to go down to three; you don't have a choice, and you just lose the bolt off the top. I've also lost to like Coligon's command off the top because I was at two. <laughs> that hurt. Um, and it's got baleful strix, which is tough. Yeah. Um. Uh, so, but is Grixis control just too fair to be the best deck in Legacy? It's just so. You know, bear. I mean, wasn't you know, uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, Checkpile. It was like the fairest possible deck. It was just like the only thing that wasn't fair about that deck is that it was playing four colors. 
Right. Like aside from that, like it wasn't doing anything outlandish. Like there was no fifteen fifteen on turn on turn one. You know, it was just grinding out value constantly. So I think that uh, saying that a deck is fair is is not necessarily uh, what makes it powerful in this format or not. I don't I mean, know if it's it, about whether or not it's fair. It's yeah. about whether or not it's just too too like middle of the road, yeah. right? You're just making a land drop and casting a dude. But all the all the cards in it are really good. But you've yeah, got all I these mean, weird mixes. You've got your two Thoughtseize, two Lightning Bolt in, the, in this build. This is second. This is a second place deck. You know, two Bolt, three Push, three Him, two Thoughtseize, two Edict. You've got this like weird mix of cards. You know. I mean, what deck has a good matchup against this deck? Like just out and out has a great matchup against this deck. Lands. What had a good matchup against Checkpile? Like, lands, Turbo right? Turbo Depths? Yeah. Miracles? And this deck's playing two two Edict effects, so it's, you know, it, it, it's trying to at least, uh you know, work on that angle. I mean, that's also a concession, too. It's not playing a Deluge, so that's a concession to TNN as well. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you need to keep everything little off the table. I think three Fatal Push is a concession to the Death, uh, to the death Shadow deck. Yeah. I think three fatal push is also just uh, mana considerations. You know, like there have been times where they go to three bolt, two push, and like they go back and forth on that. Sometimes they only play four, uh, one drop removal spells. Uh, I mean, I, I like if it were me, I would be uh, swapping one of those pushes out for a cut. I think murderous cut is sorely underplayed in this type of deck. Well, uh, they have two Gerbeck anglers. Yeah, that's why. I, yeah, I, I, three know, I, 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 I get the, the mana here. I just think that like having having like since all of your removal spells they are all like you need to line them up properly, and that means that your deck needs to cooperate and they need to deploy their threats where they can play around certain types of removal, um, rather than just having you know I mean the the biggest draw to play a control deck that's not this is Swords to Plowshares right, yeah. uh, and Murderous Cut is the closest thing that Black has to that. I think if if I were to go into this tournament worrying about this deck, I would. Be playing blue black death shadow because I'd want to be able to get under a deck like this, and you're more likely to be able to run up against players that have just adopted this deck and are going to make mistakes, as in playing into days, stubborn denial, and whatnot. Um, I think that that's that's where you want to be is is against a deck that that uh, playing a deck that is going to be able to get underneath of this deck and then just make the, let them make their mistakes as as into playing into your mana denial spells. Bill, I'm also kind of surprised to see no Deluge anywhere on the 75. It's it's weird to me for a control deck to just not have access to a sweeper. Liliana's defeat is pretty hot. I mean, that's a new thing. It's like, yeah, you need ways to deal with anglers. I guess that's also a concession to the Death Shadow deck. Uh, and it hits and the other, other person. I mean, the format is just as black as it has been. I mean, yeah. Blue-Black Shadow is... A lot of these cards are in the Blue-Black Shadow deck at some point. There's, you play Thoughtseize, Edict, Him to Torok. Uh, Lily out of the last hope, you know. <laughs> yeah, last hope is just a house. So good. Yeah, I mean this deck is is interesting. One of the things I wonder if it's if it's good because of the three decks underneath it, which are Death and Taxes, Death Shadow, and Sneak and Show. Is this the kind of deck you want? If you thought that those were the next three most played decks, you want to have your Colagons Command um, for DNT, and you've got multiple discard and and all sorts of counter magic for Sneak and Show. I mean, I think that 
the like if I'm playing Grixis Control, I don't really want to run up against Sneak and Show. I mean, I'm sure that there would be some conflicting ideology about that, but it's like you need your hands to be like thought season him and not like bolt and push. Uh, at least in game one, and then game two, you're going to be relying pretty heavy on your pyroblasts. Uh, but it, like even if you get them on discard, like the only cards that matter is show and tell and a fatty. And I mean, show and tell is the hardest part of the deck, right? So <laughs> uh, I don't know. It's, it, it seems like when you're not a mass, like since they are not a mass combo deck like Storm is, uh, your hymns are kind of iffy. Obviously, they're still good, but like you could just miss, you know, like there's variance there. Like you're playing at, like we saw in the other deck, it's playing two Thoughtseize. So like the reliability that you're going to find one before they just like have killed you isn't necessarily guaranteed. Um, Let's go you're back not and play this. You're not playing any mana denial, so they can kind of just free roll their their mana out there. Uh, if if I'm if I if I were playing Grixis Control, I would want to be running up against the other creature decks and not against combo. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. You don't close the, not, you don't, you don't close the dead, door though. that fast. Like putting a Strix on the table, like in front of a Grizzlebrand, like who cares? Like they're just drawing twenty one cards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you can't beat it. Once Grizzlebrand hits the table, the game is over. Like, it's very, or very rarely is it not over. Yeah. Um, Death and Tax is an interesting one. A lot of people have been pointing to this as the potential best deck. I certainly find it to be very strong. Um, looks like, uh, um, what's it called? Brightling sort of came and went, which is surprising. But you see a Mirror and Crusader here. Yeah, I'm not surprised. I mean, Mirror and Crusader still just feels better than Brightling in this deck. And I mean, I, I don't play this deck but when i do play against it like the things that i'd be worried about as far as three drops is, is them being able to trick me with flicker wisp on my on my removal and mirror crusader is such a beast it's just so hard to deal with that card if if it hits you you're dead yeah and if you're playing blue black shadow yeah you're not blue. killing this thing no um because you can't you can't even get a engineered explosives up to three your ratchet bomb's not going to make it to three. Um, this is a big one too. Like th this deck is particular where it cuts a bunch of those three drops, and like it's top end and it's playing four Phyrexian Revoker. Like I can't remember the last time I saw a full set of that card in this deck. This yeah, this particular list is is uh, is a bit wonky, and it's it's a it's. From, well, this is the Pro Tour it's, winning it's list. It's the Pro Tour <laughs> winning list. So I mean I don't know, man. Like four Revoker does seem like a lot, but uh, you know when you're playing against uh other decks that are similar to this there's so many things you can turn off you know it's also playing the unconventional 24th land in a mishra's factory people like that mishra's factory it's it's a way to be protection from white is it um, mishra or mishra i was going with mishra i don't know i've only been mishra? saying it for 25 years factory <laughs> mishra? Mishra? it's too late Never. for me to change now miss hira phyrexian Hira's revoker if you believe that Grixis control with a, a number of uh, planeswalkers is going to be yeah. is going to be a thing. I mean, you've got that. It not, doesn't really name a no. lot of stuff. Now that Deathrite Shaman's gone, that can't really be right. You just you just you like if you're play, you're you just run out your Phyrexian Revoker plus thing, and then you just get Kate commanded into oblivion. Yeah, I don't understand Phyrexian Revoker. I, I'm, someone's got to tell me why this is why this is good. I mean, it's great against Sneakin Show, like. Hit your grizzle brand, hit your sneak attack. Yeah, it's good against sneak and show uh, in that way. Um, 
you can also name Lotus Petal. I've done that. If you see their hand, but you don't see their hand in the, this deck. I don't know. It's interesting that there's four in here. I, I, I think it's for Planeswalkers. I don't, I don't, like, Lion's Eye Diamond? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's definitely possible. You just shut off LEDs against Storm. So do you think these four decks are going to be wrestling it out for best deck or that this format doesn't have a best deck right now? I, well, I think, I'm curious. Oh, go on. Go ahead. Uh, so I think that, um, you know, the, the best deck now versus the best deck, you know, a month, two months ago, I want to say, the, the disparity is so much, like, more thin. Uh, you know, Grixis Delver, let's say if that if that is the top played deck, um, it's not by the margins that, like, Checkpile and, and Grixis Delver were played. You know, you're looking at 7% versus 6.8%. For the next the next most played deck, I I think that the the difference between uh one and eight in this format are, is is pretty tiny. Yeah, well in terms of raw power level, but you know I think decks are still sort of being refined. Yeah. The Death Shadow the Death Shadow decks are so interesting because, you know there are so many places you could go. Here's here's one for you, Phil. This is a team open winning deck with three ponder, one preordain. Yeah, that's, I did the, that. that's the PT list though. That's the it's just a lift of uh, Utter Layton's list, yeah. I mean, I, um, I don't agree, but I get it. Um, there's a lot of discussion about the card reanimate specifically, about stubborn denial, about snuff out, like just looking at all these cards, not to mention Throne of Gath, which most people have moved off of um, just because <laughs> it's too overly cute. It's probably awesome, but I, I just can't bring myself to do it. Yeah. Whether or not you play four Wastelands or two or three or what, um, or you play a Splash Color. Now, I, I played against... a. a paper uh bug shadow deck and the splash was literally just for the abrupt decays that really were a house in the mirror i mean they just crush you in the mirror you can't do anything about it man i um, want to play red so badly in in this deck instead of green that's the thing the other thing is like well should you play red because then you get bolt for reach you get bolt you get claim to fame come on yeah right <laughs> they just play on earth um <laughs> i mean but you can course, you get to swing in that turn though with claim to fame Bull is going to compete with Fatal Push, and you know you need to kill other Death Shadows, mm-hmm. and you need the Dismembers to kill the other Anglers. I mean that's what the format is, right? And and correct me if I'm wrong, but Snuff Out is non-black. Yes, I've cut Snuff Out as much yeah. as I love it. The only time it was good is that the other guy plays a Delver first or a Mom first yeah. or like a Glistener Elf. But like most people are just playing this deck or these or other black creatures. So yeah. Um, there's a lot of flexibility that can go on here. If I, to the extent that there could be a breakout deck, I think it would be like establishing some splash color because there are some very thin margins with the blue-black build just because you have no way to deal with a resolved enchantment or artifact other than like whatever artifact, uh, you know, bulky artifact removal you brought in. Um, you know, you're, you're, just, you're just short of those avenues of interaction. Like you just have to like play against Rest in Peace. You know, All right, I got, I, got, I got some tech. I got some tech. You want to hear some tech? Hmm. Sure. Hear me out. Deadeye Tracker. I actually did consider it because you mentioned that in our text thread about playing Deadeye Tracker. I just um, I just haven't tried it yet. That's the four-mana guy that steals a thing? Or is that Hostage Taker? Dead, no, Deadeye Tracker. Deadeye Tracker is, a, Dead Dead tracker is one. one. It's a one black for a one-one. Um, and it has one and a black tap Dead Eye Tracker Explores, or exile two cards from an opponent's graveyard and Dead Eye Tracker Explores. So it's graveyard hate. Now, 
this card is it's interesting. You're not you're looking at you're not looking at a ton of graveyard decks in this top in this top like you've got like the mirror in that it has Gurmag Angler and Reanimate, but those aren't like you're talking about four cards. Yeah. Uh, you've got Grixis Control, which has a lot of graveyard cards, but this thing is never untapping. Yeah. Um, well, it's, uh, here's my problem with this card. Is I, that... I disagree. I, I think that Dead Eye Tracker is going to untap a lot more often than you think, because compared to the other threats in the deck, if they point the removal at the Dead Eye Tracker as opposed to the things that kill them really fast, that's really good for you. Uh, yeah. I think I think it, 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 with this card as like a lightning rod, you're doing you're doing fine. It's just the the two mana. So you got to do three mana to be able to stop a graveyard combo deck from like doing its thing, and most of these decks can be like, oh, I'm gonna do a thing, or you you know you try and get rid of their grave you know their graveyard to explore with this thing, and then they're just gonna be like, uh, I I'll entomb and reanimate, you know <laughs> like it, it the the getting two cards doesn't feel doesn't feel as good. Uh, as as like having an instant speed zero mana card in in the form of uh, surgical extraction. If you play this on one, untap and play your second land drop. Reanimator can't move. Right, but it's how big of a deal is Reanimator? We'll get to that in a minute. Yeah, you know, any well, anything like, is a lot. It, it's it has the same play patterns as Death Right in terms of exiling shit from their yard. Yeah, it costs an additional mana, and you have to exile two things, but. It will. The explore will still resolve even if they remove one of the two targets. True. In order to fizzle the ability, they have to exa- They have to remove both targets. Is that how that works? Yeah. If you um, remove one, then the the ability will still try and complete as much of itself as it can. Well, the thing is, like, if you against a deck that isn't pressuring you, you, can, you This is always. I always look at it this way. This is a card you put down, and then you hold. Then on turn two, you pass. And then you you know they have the wonder deeds. You have actual counterspell. Do they have removal? What do they have? They they go to their end step. You just okay. I'll exile your fetch lands. I'll get like a you know whatever this explorer is sort of like a scry. And it can also you know. just draw you more land. Like you get th- this one drop that's also messing up your like is disrupting your opponent. Is also just like over the course of a, a grindy game might just draw you two or three cards. Yeah, All right. right I, exactly. I don't hate this, but I think I still think it's a bit cute. I'm a believer. I don't think well, it's like I do, I do own groundbreaking, but I think this guy's playable. Yeah, I think it is too. First, this message from Phil. Let me tell you something, brother. If you're digging this podcast, you got to go over to patreon.com slash eternal dirtles and become a patron right now. Oh, yeah. But I don't think one of the other things that we'll talk about a little bit is I don't think the format is grindy right now. I think it's really fast. Yeah, Grixis Control and DNT being the highest percentage decks. DNT, you 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 can have lost the game on turn three without really realizing it mm-hmm. because you're like there's like they have a port and a vial and like two things, like two threats, and you just never you know you know you don't have any lands. Like the game the game can be over real fast. Um, like I don't think you can you can sit around and wait to play like a three drop. That not that this is this is sort of like a three drop that doesn't win the game. Um, but like you know, Sneak and Show has a has a, their three drop wins the game, right? Um, this guy's this this guy's a one drop. Well, it's three to activate it. What to, to pay to act, to play it and activate it? You're spending three. So you're talking talking about the tempo of just using that much mana. Hmm. Like we played with when I played Maverick at that at the store the other day. That was the thing that like hurt. Just like oh, I got to tap on my lands, like do this one thing, and then they have like an answer for it, and then like. 
they get to play another. They, they can two spell. They can two spell so easily. The, the blue black shadow deck with two to three lands can cast two to three spells all every every turn, and you're just ripping through your deck with street wraith and stuff. Like the the format isn't really that slow. It's actually very fast. It's effect. It can be effectively slowed down. Like you can get grindy matchups, but in terms of like setting out to be like a grindy deck, I don't know. And that's so many things that would you would want to have this in play for multiple turns are just going to kill this thing anyway, you know. But that's my opinion. I don't know. I think uh, I think it, w- w- one thing we'll see is maybe like a whatever they people settle on for the blue black shadow splash might be the the big news. Um, in the second tier of decks, I put Miracles, Eldrazi, and Grixis Delver. Um, Miracles has more placements than Eldrazi and Grixis Delver, um, but I don't know if I feel like it's as powerful as the top as those top four decks we talked about. Just because it's so subject to noodling. I agree. Noodle. I mean, I I think that it, it it almost does deserve to be in that like first tier of, of uh, decks because the disparity is only. The difference between thirty-five and twenty-nine, as far as uh, as far as um, you know, uh, winning deck lists are concerned, and then you yep. go down again, and it's it's twenty-two after that for Eldrazi Stompy being the next one. That's a pretty big margin, so I almost feel like this could belong in in the in the top tier. Did you just show a miracles list that only had two ponder? <laughs> no, that was four ponder, two, two port. Oh, okay. Two All right, let's put up a well. <laughs> okay, trigger. <laughs> Some of this was a power level. It was a power level judgment where, you know, if Grixis control is in that in the position it's in, then it must be doing something right that Miracles isn't. Because I would find I would rather be the Miracles player against Grixis control. Oh, yeah. But if Grixis control is putting up that many more placements, then it must be doing something relative to the format that this deck isn't doing. Well, let's look and real fast uh, what the other decks have. Uh, in in terms of can you play against back to basics? Because that's really what this deck is doing. That's quote unquote unfair, right? Yeah, mentor's unfair. Terminus is unfair. True. I mean, but like the the way that this deck is gonna is going to like lock other people down and win is probably like whoops, I played back to basics against Grixis Control, and then they just lost because they couldn't do anything. Oh yeah, I got back to basics out of by when I was playing Shadow, and it was the worst. Yeah, Shadow's gonna However, have trouble with it. Uh, I don't think Sneak and Show will have too much trouble with it. No, Sneak and Show won't have trouble with it because, yeah. you know, nice back to basics. I have a bunch of islands. So, <laughs> I mean, so against Grixis uh, and and against Death Shadow, Mir- Miracles gets the gets a free win with that. How many how many is this particular one playing? Just two in the total seventy five, one and one in the board. Um, I, I think that's enough to to like get the two probably two of the most popular decks that you're gonna see. Um, and and I, I don't know, Phil Phil have a better idea of that when he plays the event, but I think Control and Shadow are going to be two of the largest decks that you see at, the, at that tournament. I think my positioning on Miracles, which is one of the decks that I'm very likely to play, what flavor of it is still up in the air. But I, I'm looking at this fifth, or what is this, ninth place? Looking yep. at a ninth place list right now, and I feel like it's kind of towing the line, not sure what it wants to be. Uh, it's got two Monastery Mentor and a Teferi, and then it's got uh, the split, like you mentioned, of Back to Basics. It's got a 3-1 split on Terminus and Verdict. 
I think Verdict, uh, its stock should be going up. Uh, I think in this deck, uh, without Counterbalance or other things to check your top card, I think Predict is kind of weaker. But I do like Counterspell. I think Counterspell is uh, <coughs> higher up on my list. Oh, wow. Three Counterspells. Yeah, Three Counterspells. They're going, they're going hard yep. on Counterspell. That's pretty nice. I think Counterspell is one of those cards that the stock has gone up in that it's weak to... Uh, Cavern of Souls, obviously, but you should be playing more back to basics to fight that axis. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing that I like about Counterspell right now is if you have Swords to Plowshares shoring up uh, like all of the fatties, uh, the real, the, the, the scary matchups are when they have, when you lose the die roll and they specifically go Delver Days back up. That's scary. But like against the Death Shadow decks, like they're not putting out their. Uh, Gurmags or their Death Shadows out on turn one. So having the ability to, like, one, source to Plowshares to fight over that stuff means that this that, that matchup, like, is insanely good for you already. Yeah. But then having counterspells to then fight over like their other larger spells uh, means that, like, you can get to the point where you'll have enough mana to go, like, sword your guy, and then when they try to stub and denial it, then you have the counterspell for it. Um... And you just get to those positions because they're not able to jam their Death Shadow on turn two. Um, so, like, I like the the style of, of, of going... I'm either a Miracles deck that's going very hard into Mentor, which is what I was trying to do before, or you're a deck that's trying to go very hard in I'm going to always be the control deck in the matchup. And I it, that makes me go... I don't like the... I get you want Monastery Mentor to close the door, but I would actually be looking at those cards to be more controlling elements um, because there's still the awkwardness of having Mentor and Terminus in your deck where that stuff, like, sometimes you just get punished for that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And you could just blank the removal game one and then just side into your man plan game two and three. Um, and if you just, like, have a game where you just made the mulligan twice because they drew two dead removal spells, that's so good for you. I do have to say about this particular list, uh, and, I'll, and I'll share the sideboard in a second, but there are a lot of uh, wasted slots in this sideboard. Um, it's two Flusterstorm, uh, one Hydroblast, two Extraction, uh, one Containment Priest, one Disenchant, one Null Rod, one Rest in Peace, one Search for Ascanta, one Snapcaster Mage, one Back to Basics, one Council's Judgment, one Ally of Zendikar, and uh, one supreme verdict. I think you can remove the the um, snapcaster mage and the uh, search for us content from that sideboard and and throw tech stuff into the sideboard. That's I, a really I, interesting. I actually didn't even notice that. I but, really yeah, don't think that they belong in the, the sideboard. Fourth, when do you want the fourth snapcaster? You don't. I, like, you you I want don't it in the really super grindy like, matchups. Yeah, but like I, I think you can do better than that for for if, both if, those if, cards. If I were looking at this type of deck, I would move the two mentors to the board and I would cut the predicts. I would add a second to Ferry. I would move the second back to Basics to the main. I would also play the Search for His Content in the main. And then what Teferi enables you to do is you can play both your back to Basics and you can uh, activate Search for His Content through your back to Basics with Teferi. Phil, so, we're going to put oh that list. Gosh, we're going to put ugly. that list in the bottom. <laughs> like the, the, you can the, see that the list below. Consider, like, <laughs> I'm considering playing the four Mentor, four Bobble, four Predict deck, or the. No creatures in the main except for Snapcasters because they're spells. Two Teferi in the main with all of the enchantments. And then your end game is just like, if back to basics is should be good, and even if like if it's not, that's fine. You know, do do away with it. But having the end game of just going Teferi plus Search for his content that you can play through your back to basics 
you that that's just like going to be an unbeatable end game when it comes to grinding matchups and you're already going to make the mulligan because they're going to be playing dead removal in their main board yeah and then they're going to be taxed into boarding that out because they can't leave they can't leave in their fatal pushes against you and if they do great because by the time that you deploy your mentor or whatever whatever creature you bring in post board you'll have enough mana to just be like all right i'm going to protect it and win the game because i'm playing you know, in this list, three counterspell. Yeah, I, I like um, the transformative sideboard plan in, in this particular scenario, especially with the meta as it is right now. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna descend a little bit. Mm-hmm. First of all, I, I one thing I've learned playing the Shadow deck is that Source of Plowshares seems like the worst card for you. And when I started playing the deck, I was like, wow, Source of Plowshares would really suck, right? It turns out it's actually not as bad as Lightning Bolt because Lightning Bolt kills you. Sure. Source of Plowshares, if you're playing against a white deck, what you do is you just you just go nuts. <laughs> and you go hard on your I'm going to lose life plan. And it's awesome. Because the, the worst thing, assuming they even get to resolve a Source of Plowshares, you just go back up to, and then you just do it again. Yeah. You get to do all the same stuff again. You get to cycle more Street Race. You get to play more Thought Seizes. You get to search for more Fetch Lands, or th- for more uh, Shock Lands. I think Plow really shines when your opponent... Uh, uh, their your Death Shadow opponent overextends and plays two Death Shadow. Right. And you get both of them. Right. That's that's when it that's the you gotta and but you'll learn to play against it because of course. the Death Shadow player can hold back because one of those cards, whether it's Death Shadow or Gurmag Angler, is such a significant clock that it's going to stop. You know, it's gonna stop the ability of the of the Miracles player to advance. Also the presence of Thoughtseize is like yes, they're not playing a, a, a creature on turn one as often. But they're playing Thoughtseize, and Thoughtseize um, is really good against a deck that can have a hand of, like, three lands, two cantrips, one sort of action spell, and one thing that really matters, right? So if like, your hand is, like, three lands, Brainstorm, Portent, Spell Pierce, Council's Judgment, right? Yeah. Like, like the, the, the Shadow player can look at their hand and say, like, okay, well, I'm going to make them cast a cantrip this turn. To find whatever I take here, do I my more scared of spell pierce or swords to plowshares? And now they're they know you don't have that, so now you're gonna now you're going to cast portent, right? And then they're gonna untap, knowing pretty much exactly what's in your hand, and you know just kind of and they're gonna get to make another land drop, and maybe they can get down to ten that turn with the with the fetch lands and street wraith and stuff, right? Um, and then that, now you got a three-three, and now you got to kill that. But maybe they're holding stuff up. Like you don't know, <laughs> um, and you just get under it so fast. That's what I've found in playing the matchup. Um, so I wouldn't necessarily say this has a great matchup against uh, blue-black shadow, though. I think it's the kind of thing that the miracles player, the miracles player, can navigate the game in a way that that does do that. Yeah. One thing you mentioned, Phil, was the three-one split on verdict and terminus. Can't stubborn denial of verdict, but you gotta, oh, yeah, you gotta, yeah. you I, I think make four land drops. In my mind, the reason why the matchup would be miracle favored is, uh, you like the one thing that this deck has that something like the Grixis deck doesn't have is that all of the removal in this deck deals with all of the threats Death Shadow presents. So right, like but, all of your removal is always live against everything. Whether the, the, it's Council's Judgment, Swords, or any of your sweepers, where they can get in a position where a push or a bolt can't deal with 
their Gurmag or their Death Shadow. So they're going to have to try and point the bolt at their at your face. Um, and if you nav- if the Death Shadow player just navigates a game where they just don't fall into the trap, uh, I think like I think that's where the Miracles has the edge is that like every card is live, so they just can top deck better. I do think that's a consideration. The thing, the the one thing that that Death Shadow presents that Delver decks of the past have not presented. Well, I shouldn't say that. It's not that the Delver decks of the past haven't presented something like this, but Death Shadow is, is sort of unique, and that is a closing speed that is incredibly fast that also allows you to hold up protection, right? Yeah. Like, obviously, True Name's a great card at closing games, but you still have to tap all three of your lands. We talked about that in playing Rug. Like, tapping three lands in Rug makes me sick, but even you know, but True Name's too good to pass up. And, like, the Grixis decks of old had Young Pyromancer, Deathrite Shaman draws that could close real fast just because they would have a go-wide plus, like, a, a you know couple of drains and you're, the game's over. The question is, if, how, if you can't... If your your deck has a lot of air and your deck has a decent amount of lands, right? How long can you afford to take hits off a of, of a seven seven or an eight eight or a nine nine? That's bigger than most Tarmogoyfs ever have been ever, you know. So like you're talking about just taking like you're just taking huge you're losing huge chunks, and then you source the plowshares. You finally get a source of plowshares through, but they've they've only been attacking with one thing, but it's been the equivalent of like two attacks. From like having to have two creatures in play in previous Delver iterations, does that make sense? Whereas in the fa- in the in the past, a hit with that much power has required two to three creatures in play. Now Death Shadow just comes in and whacks you for eight a turn. Yeah, and they've got six cards in hand. I mean, it also <laughs> that also plays in the fact that like a terminus means so much more to the deck that that the deck that you're talking about that has to play more threats. Versus a deck that just goes, oh, and I'll drop another threat, and it's also gigantic, and then I'll drop another threat. And it's, so like you have to deal with them one at a time. Yep, that's so. that's what that's why I'm, that's why I think the it's a counter it's counterintuitive. Like Swords of Plowshares is great against the card Death Shadow, but there's so many source there's so many ways to get back to you know life loss in the deck that uh, you can rebuild from the swords. It's more it's scarier to have something in the way of the Death Shadow. Miracles and putting something down. And, you know, so that's why I was playing Spell Snare, because I thought Snapcaster Mage was actually scary as a blocker, you know? Um, but now there's so many uh, blue-black shadow mirrors online, I just haven't played the Spell Snare in a while. I did play actual Counterspell, however. Uh, I also, I found another reason why uh, Grixis is probably putting up better numbers than blue-white lists that look like this. Uh-huh. Uh, so this is a blue-white list. I mean, for what it's worth, this deck is pretty close to budget. It's got only one Tundra in it. One Tundra, right? yeah, I noticed uh, the, but the, back the to basics is seventy dollars. I, I think I think yeah. the problem with this particular deck is that Pyroblast just bends you over so hard. Like Pyroblast just literally just nukes everything in your deck. Like so Mentor why? is the only thing that escapes it. So why and play like, back like, to basics? Your your opponent of... just being able to go like Pyroblast your thing, snap Pyroblast your thing. You're just out of the game for no mana. Oh, and Teferi is blue on yeah, top oh of yeah. it. Yeah, Teferi is definitely blue. Like they can, <laughs> like if, if you back to basics them, they can go okay, fetch a Valk, Pyroblast, Pyro and well, then untap, yeah. and then they have Snap Pyro for whatever your follow-up threat is, and all of your threats outside of Mentor are blue. And well, the thing just, is, is that they've spent just... none of their actual removal on anything because they haven't had targets, and then you give them Mentor. Well, let's assume that this is sideboarded, obviously, because he's playing uh, Pyroblast. You're bringing in Gideon Ally of Zendikar. 
Um, so you do have who's only there because threat. He's only there because he's of, not blue. He's not pyroblastable. Yeah. But like a two-two factory isn't really that. Like it's fine. But like it's like you said, like you're you're running up against nine nines and five fives for one. Like your four mana two two is not necessarily going to get there when it can get pierced. Well, yeah, but we're talking about uh, uh, a deck that can play pyroblast, not blue black shadow. Um, so we're talking about why this isn't good good oh. against Grixis, right? So like th- that's what I'm saying. The ally the ally of Zendikar is is really clutch in that particular matchup. So if you're attacking with a baleful strix. Which flies over everything. I mean, that's, that's not. That's I mean, fine. I know it's I'll not a big one. card, but like, yeah. <laughs> well, how much have you taken already? You can no. I, you I, can I, also I think... flip over uh, Terminus and and then uh, make your Gideon allies in the car a five five and attack with it. You know, or a four right. four. Yeah, I don't know what he is. A lot. But my, my point about it is like a lot of these. A lot of these plays assume you've been making land drops and drawing cards that are effective while you're under just so much pressure. Yeah. Even the Grixis deck is pressuring you. They've got Gurmag Angler. They've got Liliana the Last Hope coming down on three, and that thing's ticking up, and then you're not beating that. So, like, um, and D&T is just going to flood the board with a house of horrors that you're going to have to try and Terminus your way out of, but you, you're tapping two lands a turn to find your Terminus, like, or, or you, you know, you had to play your Tundra or something. Like, yeah. it's, it's, it's really, it's really, uh, there's really a lot to consider. And that, um, that turning your Gideon into a five-five thing got a lot worse once it became bounceable with Caracas. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Also, Phil, I'm I'm curious then why are the Miracles decks still on this blue-white back to basics plan and not the Blood Moon, Pyroblast in the sideboard? Dare I say, Karanos plan? I, I think if you are, I, I for for what it's worth, I think Teferi is better than Karanos. Um. If you're playing like the five drop go over the top type deal, I get that it's still pyroblastable, but like on a just on the stack. level, like Teferi is just way better uh, because Karanos comes down and doesn't do anything, and Teferi can actually like snipe the permanent that's actually giving you trouble, or let you two spell after drawing a card and replacing itself. So it's like I, I think on the whole, if you're if you're in the market for the five drop go over the top spell, Teferi is just better. Um, because just having another like vindicate style effect in your control deck is yeah. nice. Yeah. I think the benefit and the reason why I'm confused by this deck that we're looking at is I think the only draw to playing straight blue white is back to basics. And so to not be trying to go hard and exploiting the fact that you're the deck that's not going to get exposed to wasteland and you get to play a very very clean stable mana base, I would be doing everything to try and exploit that as much as I could. Like play two in the main. I would play two in the main. <laughs> yeah. I think I think you right. don't want to go I mean, in three in the you like I think I've seen people do two one splits. I think that's fine because when you want to find it in the matchups where it's amazing, you really want to find it. Uh, I don't think I would go up to three in the main just because they don't stack very well. And by that I mean they don't stack at all. Yeah. But I don't like if I'm playing straight blue white, I'm not going below two. And I would even like be like we're close to just playing like a, a Vulcan, and a mountain and just playing back to basics with the pyroblast because pyroblast is just so good. Yeah. And if, yeah. if if you end up if you ever play a miracle mirror, the only thing that matters is fighting over mentor and pyroblast. Those are the only things that matter. Because your Jace is not going to stick on the table if they have pyroblast unless you're playing counterbalance, which we can see there's none in this 75. Like that's not even a guaranteed card anymore. So pyroblast is just way more powerful than anything else going on. And I think if you're in the blue-white version, just the straight blue-white version, your Snapcasters get a lot worse. 
if you're in the Pyroblast version, your Snapcasters get a lot better. So, like, we just switched over on Decklist, and we looked at a list that does have Pyroblast, and they're on four Snapcaster just because the power level of uh, Pyroblast plus Snap is insane. I'm waiting, I'm waiting for you to see the thing. <laughs> what thing? Where they're playing a Wasteland? No, no, they're playing four Wastelands. There's three in the sideboard. What the? And a Get... Crucible of Worlds. Shut the front door. Now that's right, awesome. Getting, <laughs> I mean, they're getting cute wasting their sideboard slots. That's fine. Yeah, I think... And a From the Ashes. Why not just um, play Ghost Quarter at that point if you're going to play Crucible of Worlds? I mean, I, the thing, I can, really the get <laughs> really I can get give credit to the dude wanting to, to make it. You know, it's like if you spend your Wasteland as a spell to point it at like their Cavern or Soul so your counter magic is still live, like I'm not opposed to it. Like if you see Sneak and Show players playing Besage you, like having the out in your deck as a main, as a one of spell, like we can see in this deck that we're looking at that was a 5 0 Legacy League. Like, he's playing a one-of Wasteland in the main as a spell. It's a 21st land. Yeah, so yeah. if you're in a control deck, like, having a 21st land isn't the worst. He, it looks like he cut one of his predicts for it. And, like, having, having that as a utility spell is fine because you're fighting on an axis that you otherwise wouldn't be able to fight on because he doesn't have back-to-basics in the main because he's playing three colors. He's on three Tundra, three Valk. I think that's a, I think that's a lot. I think three Tundra, three Valk is high. But, I mean, I'm not... I, I'm not, I wouldn't fault him for playing the Wasteland. We've seen it before. And then I think he. this is experimental with three Wasteland plus a Crucible on the board. But at least he has a plan going long, right? Like, we can see that there's a clear, like, fight over, your, fight over your land's plan in the board. I love it. I love it. I think that's, a, that's an interesting way to go after the Grixis control deck. Just waste them out of the game. Like, Terminus, Wasteland them. I mean, I don't I like the Crucible of Worlds idea just because K-Command is so heavy. And yeah. K-Command just gives you, like... Like, unless you've, like, Crucible locked them, they are just going to K-Command you into Oblivion? Can't, you just play, can't we just play, like, Dust, Dust Bowl instead? No, that's really mana-intensive, and you have to sack your own lands. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you're just doing the same thing with well, I was Wasteland. I was just clicking around, so we were, <laughs> we were not picking on this one list so much. Yeah. I mean, you want to know the, the card that I'm, like, it, it, looking at this deck, I get that you're, you're playing the Wasteland just because, you know, it's the best one. But if you were really, like, I want to snipe Grixis out, like, Field of Ruin isn't too far off, guys. Yeah. No, it's not. I mean, it's it's Zach just mentioned Dust Bowl. I mean, I I, I want to mention that all of those Grixis decks, like every single one of those Grixis decks, you know how many mountains you'll find between them? Zero. Zero. Nobody no. ever Here's, plays the mountain. The thing I, I I've often thought Field of Ruin in this sort of blue white deck, but I also I just run into the like I also feel like I should play Rest in Peace. And Field of Ruin, Crucible, Recursion with Rest in Peace is not great. But anyway, I think rest um, in peace we're, 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 we've been on this for a while. we got to move, move on. Um, the other two decks I had the second tier were Eldrazi and Grixis Delver. Um, we talked a lot about Grixis Delver last week with uh, Jonathan Sakenik. Eldrazi has been sort of on the rise. People have been bringing it back a little bit. Um, not exactly sure why. Um, it's, it's, still the kind, it's still obnoxious to get like... To just like have all these awesome mid-range creatures that you can only play in this very specific specific deck, which drives me crazy. Um, but uh, you know, Man, I, I think it's something to watch out for. It's, it's been doing, it's been putting up results for sure. I thought of something else. That four revoker thing that we were talking about. Yeah. Yeah, revoker on ballista, revoker on, on your ballista. on your jit, revoker yeah. on your endbringer, like, endbringer. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, that's fair. I, I, I'm I'm less hateful of that particular scenario. I thought Seize reanimated an Endbringer. That was awesome. 
Uh, and then Grixis Delver, uh, I think you should listen to our podcast from last week if you want a lot of insight to this deck. I honestly am, with, am starting to warm up to Jonathan's ideas about how to play this deck with the Bitter Blossoms and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, it's almost like just a lighter version of Grixis Control that can steal games in the Delver way with just Delver days wasted on you. You know? Um, but yeah, I, I think that I think it'd be interesting to see if this. I think this deck is being overshadowed, no pun intended, by the Death Shadow deck. Really, no pun intended. I feel like the pun I, I, definitely as I, as intended. As I was saying it, I wanted. <laughs> as I was saying it, I wanted to claw my own eyes out. No, um, I think that it'll be interesting to see if there's any popularity or sort of of um, if there's any sort of uh, like momentum behind this deck. Uh, look, look at Zach Coke's build. Um, he also had the 19 lands. He's got a one basic island. He's still on the Bomat Courier. The favorite, my favorite thing that that Jonathan Sakenik said was like, I played with Bomat Courier and I decided I'm never playing with this card. I don't care if it's the best thing to do. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I after after looking at this deck and looking at like what the you know how, the, how this deck kind of attacks the other decks and 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 why it's good against uh like not the the Beaumont Courier version, just Grixis Delver period. Why it's good uh, against Grixis Control when you play it that way. And why it's good against uh, uh, blue black, uh, what's called a uh, shadow. Shadow. Yeah. Um, I I think I have a new idea for what I would be playing at this at this tournament, and it's none of the decks we've talked about so far. Well, you want to go through the rest of them, and then we'll yeah yeah get we to should yeah or... yeah definitely okay. So in the in the in the third tier, I had these five decks: Rug Delver, Black Red Reanimator, Storm, Blue White Stoneblade, and Land. Now. I don't want to. Maybe we should have Eric or someone on again to talk about Rug Delver and why it didn't come back immediately. Oh, this is the Nissa Steward of Elements one. <laughs> I think I know. I think I have an idea. I think Tarmogoyf is not a playable card anymore. Yeah, I think that Tarmogoyf. Yeah. Unfortunately, the payoff for for playing green is just not there. Like you just get the same payoff by playing black, and black is just a better color overall. Like there's one. I don't even want to look at this one because it's got the Nissa Steward of Elements. Like he's also got Nissa Steward of Elements, so there you go. Um, here's here's my friend Terry on on Rug Delver. This is a five zero list he played August fourth. So this is post ban, um, and this is also before like a lot of these black decks had been redeveloped. You just don't. He has one loam. That's his only green sideboard card. Does he even have a? Uh, not even like an ancient grudge, right? Just two of no. braids. Wow. Yeah. Um. You just don't get anything from playing Tropical Island. Um, and th- you don't get as much benefit, I should say, from playing Tropical Island as you do from playing Underground Sea. Where you'll see, in fact, the, 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 uh, you look at a sideboard for like a blue-black Death Shadow deck, it's almost all black cards. Here's one that is literally all black cards and artifacts. Like, you know, the black, the black cards are just so much better. Like, what, what does green give you against Merit Lage? Or like Crystalbrand or something, you know. Um, so I think that's what what's happened. Um, you know the green sideboard card that I'm surprised just doesn't show up anywhere. Okay. I feel like display of dominance is so close. I, I don't know. know what that card does. The display well, of dominance is. Well, a, is hang a on, baby sp- bird. We're gonna feed you. Um, it is a oh. one on the green instant. That allows you to turn destroy target blue or black non-creature permanent, or make it so that permanent you control can't be the target of blue or black spells your opponents control this turn. Now, 
it was it's been tech in the past against like shardless bug heavy metagames where they had Jason Liliana. Yeah, I would play this if it was one mana. I just can't can't stomach it in 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 a rug delver deck where it you deals want with to... your it, it deals with Jason Liliana and then the fact that it also can be a counter spell against removal. And then it also has the tech of, with Bitter Blossom ticking up, can deal with that guy, considering that uh, Bitter Blossom makes your Tarmogoyce look quite embarrassing. Honestly, like, well, I, in the graveyard. <laughs> I'm not afraid of Jason Liliana because I'm playing True Name Nemesis and uh, Nimble Mongoose. Those cards don't bother me at all. Also, you're playing Wasteland and yeah. Spellpierce. Well, yeah, yes. I don't... The, the, the cards that kill Rug Delver that are black are Baleful Strix... And Gurmag Angler because you cannot mana deny, you can't mana deny a one mana five five. Yeah. Well, if that's like, the case, where's the where's the Grim Lava Mancers? The Grim Lava Mancers won't do anything against it. What against your Baleful Strix opponent? Oh, well. Sure. I mean, we're, I mean, we're playing Fork Bolt already, like as as the fifth as the fifth bolt. And spell I'm not, Snare. Yeah. And it's still not enough because yeah. it doesn't do anything against against Gurmag Angler and Baleful Strix. The reason that's, that hurts you is the rate on it is crazy. It's removal that draws a card and, you know... It gains you three just, life. It, it, yeah, it gains life. It, 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 I mean, it does so much. Um, it blocks every creature for, you know, and, and doesn't put you down a card. It's two for one automatically. Um, and even if they kill it, like, killing it hurt. Like, killing it sucks because then they just put something else in front of your mongoose and you're not, you don't have a bolt to aim at their head and close out the game. Like the, when you have to remove something in the way, like it just—it's not Delver doesn't or Rug Delver doesn't really want to be removing stuff with Bolt. It, like you can—you want to end games with like two to three bolts right to the head. Like, Here's what I want to know: Why hasn't Rug Delver ever moved into Young Peasy? Um, I can answer that. Uh, basically, it's because you play—you play pay yeah, you play a two mana game so when you play young peasy and then your opponent removes it you're like well that was cool that's what goif is no goif goif well that's right we just said goif isn't playable any yeah well <laughs> one yes goif is not playable but goif at least is is what it is immediately you're getting the full value for goif when you when you cast it for the most part so it it gets around bolt or whatever but like young peasy just immediately gets killed Every time, like, you know, you'll daze, you'll daze and make a guy sometimes and they'll daze back, you know, like almost every time, though, you're, you're young pyromancer. You just don't have the mana to protect it. And it gets to the question of, like, what are you cutting for young pyromancer? You're cutting mongoose or tarmogoyf, right? Yeah, obviously. Well, you're if you're cutting mongoose, if you're doing that, then why are you still playing green? I mean, that's a good well question. Where's that, the Bomat Courier? Is that card playable in Rug? Same, it's the no. same problem. It does, well, the thing is. It, there's is it playable in rug versus is it playable in delver period and um if the, if it's playable in a delver deck why does that deck ever play tropical island i agree because, that's the that's the real question is if you're trying to do that then you shouldn't be playing tropical island yeah i think you could cut the tropical island and just play price of progress and get them <laughs> yeah that's right Keep you the can play is in. here's the thing you can play a blue red delver <laughs> deck where you can play delver secrets all these cards we talked about delver secrets grim lava mancer bomat courier uh, uh, what was the other card you was talking about? Uh, Young Pyromancer, True Name Nemesis, and then you just literally play the exact same deck. Storm and it's Chaser probably Mage. good enough. Just good enough. You know, well, you know Price of Progress against your opponent is just going to deal them eight. Yeah. Well, th that's the other thing. Price of Progress in Rug is tough because you're you're stifling in Wasteland. They shouldn't yeah. have lands in play. That's, yeah, that's always it's, a problem. The, the, it's, it's the rate on the black cards is just too good. And I think 
I would not. Here's the thing. I'm seeing all this. I would not be surprised if someone play, brought this deck and just had like an awesome tournament where they won like 13 out of 15 die rolls and made top eight. Why is because Winter it, Orb in the board? Winter Orb is why in the board to stop lands and to stop miracles. I'm not asking why it's in the 75. I'm under. I'm asking why isn't it main? Oh, I mean, yeah, I guess you could play it main, but the, I mean, Phil, you only have four flex slots in this deck, and and you like, do you want to take out what dismember for it? Do you want to take out a spell pierce or some spell snare for it? Like, I don't know. I want those cards main, honestly. It's awful in the mirror. Uh, it is and, very and bad in the mirror. It's terrible against. That's there are the a thing. lot of times it's terrible against Grimmag Angler. It's very bad but, against. Uh, uh, what's it called too? Um, uh, Death Shadow. Like they, you, they just yeah, don't care. Exactly. I mean, we're, we're playing Winter Orb in that deck, right? Yeah. Same for the same reason. We're not. We're playing on the sideboard for the same reason. You bring it against lands. There's, yeah, there's too been bad. one or two times where I've played it main deck, and uh, and I think I I did that when I when I went to uh, that Grand Prix where I where I just played side events the entire time. I think I played it played one the main, and and it was great. But that's because I just kept going up against miracles. It was like right before Top got banned. Yeah, yeah. In the in the miracles meta, it was it was main deckable and. You could make the argument that it was in the check pile when check pile, and even with Grixis control now in that position, that you could one could play winner or main, but you're, you're not getting anything that much better main. In a world uh, where there's a one mana five five, it's just not good. Yeah. Um, Black red I, I, Rihanna... has has the deck against the one mana five five. I get that this card's bad. Nobody wants to play it. But in a world where there's Merit Lage and Gurmag Angler, is Vapor Snag a thing? Uh, you play Echoing Truth in the board uh, instead of Vapor Snag, and I know that goes against my whole two mana thing that I was talking about before. But there's well, just bounces. so much more that you can do. What's yeah, it? I never leave home without a without a uh, without an Echoing Truth. I don't. Um, I'm echoing trying to find, Truth now we gets can't around Tess as well. Like it, it's just a kind of a catch-all answer that I that I like to have in my board every time. But uh, a lot of these decks aren't playing it lately. I I, I think that's th- that's incorrect. But uh, you know they're generally doing better than me most of the time anyhow. So what, what I can see I, these. What I see I these. Do? Well, these early in the early format and the early part of the format. So what we're getting back to now because there's so few winning lists. Mm-hmm. Uh, Submerge was very popular because there were so many rug mirrors. Uh, yeah, um, I mean that's, now, that's now, so early. Yeah. Uh, by the way, uh, Grixis Control, DNT, Blue Black Shadow, Sneak and Show, Miracles, Eldrazi, Grixis Delver. This is the first deck playing a forest. Yeah, exactly. So and we've why, talked like, about the, submerge the, is is going to be your your your, your echoing truth slot. What are you going to donate uh, a forest to your opponent so you can bounce his Gurmog Angler? That would be awesome. <laughs> um, Black Red Reanimator is sort of you know sitting out there waiting for it, waiting for you to uh, lose a die roll. For, I don't think there's much to say about it. Forget that graveyards exist. I mean. <laughs> It can beat, it can win. You, it, it forces you to horrible mulligans. This deck is just a scourge. But what can you do? I, I I appreciate that this deck exists because it's it's out there, uh, just keeping everybody honest. I, I feel like I always I want to teach my wife to play this deck just because I want to be like <laughs> literally the only thing you have to do is get this card Grizzlebrand into play, and then the game is over. Like, and here's how you do it. Maybe you have this Entomb card, or maybe it's in your hand and you cast this other card. I just want to see if I can teach someone to be like, just get Grizzlebrand into play and see what happens. Um, Storm. Storm is, is rounding into shape a little bit. I think they've sort of adapted to the uh, um, post-probe world. 
a little bit, and so I've started to figure out how to use Thoughtseize and also things have settled down a bit. Mm-hmm. I just don't know that it's the best choice against, um, you know, a very fast, a, a, with a lot of very fast fair decks, like the uh, Shadow and Delver decks and Eldrazi. Shadow and should be an interesting, uh, like, thing for this deck because you have to do so much less to kill your opponent. Like, if you can just resolve a... Uh, uh, tendrils, you're generally pretty good, you know. Yeah, it's funny how it works. I had a, I played against Tess the other day, and like they made a bunch of like turn one goblins, and then I just like put a Death Shadow down, and every every time they'd go to the combat step, they'd they'd do the math again and realize how much I was gonna hit them back for if they attacked. Yeah. <laughs> so they and it's like either like so like they could either attack me for like an insignificant amount because I would just block one, and then oh I had two Death Shadows, and that was like. Yeah, they had to like leave back so many. It was it was funny. Eventually, I drew um, a uh, engineer explosives. Death Shadow is also like pretty like pretty well set up against combo decks between oh, Thoughtseize, sure. Days, Stifle, oh, or yeah. not Stifle, uh, Stubborn Denial. Yeah, is great. I, I'm just saying um, that if you if you get like a tendrils off for like three, you know they've done they've done a lot of the work for you. That's if you can get a tendrils off for three. You know, like you're not always going to have those cards in your hand. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah, I'm still. It's fifty-fifty, but it's interesting what it does to the. My mind is still boggled by the idea that like every time I look at this deck now, uh, since we had that big discussion about Storm, that Stormcast. Cyrus, yeah. Yep. Yeah, with Cyrus, that uh, the ad nauseum almost like seems out of place now. Did I get you it's list like here. it is a Path in Flames deck, you know. Huh. We don't. Cyrus hasn't had a reported list. That's too bad. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about Storm. Like, I feel like you can always lose to it, no matter how good your matchup is. Um, so, and you're right about the Death Shadow deck. Like, maybe they'll figure out a way, like, you know, to sequence this deck against a Death Shadow deck that protects the card Tendrils of Agony. And you just go eat a Ritual, Lotus Petal, Tendrils of Agony. Good game. You know, could happen. Yeah. I mean, you've got um, Dark Petition. Uh, like, you've got you've got you know your Infernal Tutors and everything. Like you can you can find it if it's not in your hand and and removed from your hand, you can just find it and and do it that way. I mean, you really want to naturally draw it. Yeah. Because you know, unless they thought sees it, um, you know they can't get rid of it. But it's easy for them to counter an Infernal Tutor or a Dark sure. Petition. But you can't. What you really want is just have it in your hand, and then they. Have, then you, the agonizing thing about playing in Storm is when you have to decide whether or not you're going to counter the Dark Ritual, right? Like, is this where is this where you fight? Like, you're you're looking at what's you got to think about like what's in their hand, you know? If the next thing that comes out is a duress, your counter spell is worthless yeah. anyway. I think the answer but, is that if if you're at if you're at eight life and your opponent casts Dark Ritual, you want to do everything you can to stop that from happening. Yeah, I think you got to counter. That's the thing. You gotta, <laughs> Your life total matters. If you're at 20 yeah. and they have four cards in hand and they cast Dark Ritual, um, you know. Let's see. Yeah. I mean, you never know. I mean, there's also a lot of criteria about the boards they could be. Oh, like, God, yeah. Um, uh, but if you're at 20, they probably just lead on the duress. But if you're at eight or six or something, now they're just going to lead on Dark Ritual because you have to make that decision immediately to, like, force that thing, which doesn't yeah. feel good. Um, blue, white, X, Stoneblade. I just feel like this deck is popular, but not good. All the things uh, you said about Miracles, and it's even worse than Miracles. 
Can I just ask a quick? Uh, so you, I just I just need to be shut down on this idea. Now that Abrupt Decay is gone, is there ever going to be a Pyromancer's Ascension deck? No. <laughs> okay. Cool. No. Well, you could. I've played against Pyromancer's Ascension, but in in oh, modern Phil, cool. you can play Pyromancer's Ascension. <laughs> Can't do it in legs. Here's the thing. It's not Abrupt Decay that's the problem. It's the fact that you're super dead because you tapped out for Pyromancer Ascension and your opponent attacked you for 16. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, Blue-White Stoneblade, it's got all the same problems uh, that Miracles has, except it's also bad against Miracles. Yeah. Yeah, I just don't see this deck. I mean, this is the, this is the like, weird grinders deck, though, right? Like, it's just the deck that you've been playing for the last eight years so you keep playing it yeah i mean i don't in, know it's almost indistinguishable like you get a true name down you win right is that the deal that's the idea i just don't get a deck that has a bunch of one ofs but then two ponder i know i'm trying to find with four ponders i'm not even trying to like bash <laughs> i'm not even bashing two ponder right now i'm just being like the logic of let me cut ponders for one ofs I just, I can't comprehend it. I appreciate that this one's not even playing a sort of Fire and Ice. They're just like, no. There's only two cards I want, and it's Batterskull or Jete. Yeah. Um, this deck this is, is a, this is from I look at this deck, and I'm Alex like, oh, so I just all of the good Miracles cards for Stoneforge Mystics. Yeah, I mean, and that's what that's what you do. You're playing you're playing cards to make the your, your two-slow combo good. That's, Thanks that's for turning really... on my lightning bolts. Yeah. How do you guys like uh, Gerard Fabiano's here? One days, one unexpectedly absent. <laughs> I mean, I, I got you four got, ponder. You gotta give you gotta give days a little bit of credit in this particular deck because if your opponent plays into days, you get them. Like you're gonna get them, and you're probably gonna get them hard. And then they're gonna they're gonna be they're gonna be. Yeah, they're going to be on tilt for the rest of the tournament. Yeah, they're going to be playing around four days when you only had one in your deck the whole time. I, I think that um, this deck, uh, it's, it's also it's the same thing as Rug with this deck, where I feel like someone could get enough favorable situations that this deck could just power through and do okay. But I just don't, I'm, I don't see it on power level. I think when we, I would love to, we got we to gotta get back uh, and do our like level two analysis of since the banning. Maybe it'll be a good time to do it after the, uh, Grand Prix when we see the results from that. Yeah. Because I really want to say, like, we thought, we, a lot of people thought Stoneforge Mystic's a good card because there's less Kolagon's commands. Well, it took, like, less than two months for them to figure out how to get Kolagon's command oh, back yeah. into the format. And now, it, like, the, if this Grixis Control deck didn't exist, I don't think I would, I would be so down on Stoneforge Mystic. But it does. And that's a problem. Also, <laughs> playing I guess 21 days it. 21 land, no wasteland, two click, no Caracas. I, I don't, I'm lost. Yeah, I don't know. Playing three ones that can be targeted with spells seems seems loose. <laughs> uh, here's Joel Asset. He's got, yeah, like it's like you said, Phil, what you said is a good way to put it. I cut all the good Miracles cards and I put in this Stoneforge Mystic package. Yeah, I mean, why would you, if you're Joel Asset, why would you not be playing Miracles? That's my question. Because this was August 4th when he got this 5-0 and he was just, goofing off like a lot of us were still then okay fair enough um last deck is lands because richmond i think is a is close enough that land to the northeast that i think lands will be there i'm sort of surprised this deck has been down a little bit but i've had a lot of luck against it recently my guess would be that without like death right shaman was really 
bad for you, but also I feel like punishing fire is just worse than it's been in a long time. Yeah. It's 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 counter it's another counterintuitive thing where you're like, oh punishing fire must be great against Death Shadow. Like, nah, I just I'll just lose two life some other way. Um and it, it's the same thing where it's like, okay, I mean you played an exploration and you played like a tapped sheltered thicket. And Dude, then if I'm playing against Death Shadow lands, I'm just like tapping my groves for no reason to give you life. Yeah, I mean they do people do that. It doesn't matter. Because you just like cycle another street wraith and reanimate it, and that's a three four. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think it's interesting. I, I I noticed I really played a hard tempo game against it uh, with the Death Shadow deck when I had the spell snares in, just like counter your loam, counter your punishing fire. That was your whole turn, mm-hmm. you know. Take another, take another five, you know. Um, and the, you know, Death Shadow. I, you have like two to four wastelands. I've been playing two. You just kind of hold them in case they get like a maze of it, and then you just waste the maze of it and attack for ten, and the game's over. It's really interesting how the how the dynamic works. Um, Three port is interesting to me. Isn't that the point of the deck? Uh, this is a port ghost quarter split. You're looking at. Oh okay. Oh, the one thing to always watch out with lands though is that they will they will turn to you with the combo. Like, it, it you you just like. You always look at their board and you look at your hand and you're like, yeah, I'm just dead. I can't beat a 2020 on swinging in on turn three. And like if an exploration or mana bond hits the table. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I guess this must've had a great matchup against check pile or something. I don't know. I, I'm just surprised it's fallen so far to this, you know, bottom part of the meta. I mean, the mana denial strategy against the deck that had no basics was pretty good. Yeah, yeah. There's, I know. Well, it's, it's like you can't mana deny blue black shadow as easily just because everything's one mana. Delver's one mana. Uh, Death shadow and Gurmag Angler one mana. Reanimates one mana, and those are all your threats. Um, so you only really need one land in play, and then they're, they're, the threat's so big that even Tabernacle isn't gonna bail you out. That's a land that taps for nothing. You don't get an exploration down. You know, it's 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 tough. I've been, I, mean, I don't even talk about it. These a lot of these matchups from the blue black shadow perspective, just because it's the deck been playing the most. But it's really interesting to see how that being dropped into the format has impacted, like how what, what's good and what isn't. Um, because I I didn't really see it coming, and I'm a Death Shadow guy. I've had Death Shadow deck list drafts in my tapped out account for years. So, well. Um, so we're coming up on the uh, uh, on the top of the hour at this point. We should probably talk about what we're gonna play uh, at at Richmond at this point, right? Well, let's have Phil go last, and I'll go first because I'm definitely not going. Mm-hmm. If I was gonna play this tournament, I would probably play either Grixis Control or Blue Black Shadow, and I might even play like a Bug Shadow deck that has like a Berserk and a couple Abrupt Decays. Just because I think the mirror will be so popular and Berserk wins out of nowhere as well. Um, but I've been, mostly because I've been playing it a lot. Also because, like, nice short games. <laughs> um, so you get a little bit of a break. Grixis Control, I just think, is I actually really do think it's a solid deck horizontally. And, um, you know, I could be talked into that, but I might not want to play that grindy of, of games. But that's what I would do. What about your, your, your reveal, Zach, from what you said earlier? So... I think that if I were to play in this tournament, 
I would play Infect. But I, I would... think you're high on drugs. <laughs> you think I'm high <laughs> on drugs playing Infect? Um so I would play Infect, but um I would have some something pretty techy in my in my board. And that would be I would be playing uh with lightning bolts in my board to okay. to get that is techy to get the blue black uh, shadow decks that are just like I'm just gonna go to one you're never gonna be able to deal damage to me and then I'm just like oh cool bolt you I'll I'll fetch this uh uh taiga or uh what's it called uh I'll volcanic fetch this island taiga I'll fetch this taiga and bolt you yeah okay I think I That's so tech. Can, compare that to like the other the other plan the deck runs which is they go for uh, Swords to Plowshares occasionally, and they play a uh, what's it called? Uh, they'll, they'll play uh, Savannah. Savannah. So yeah. I think I think in this particular scenario, you're better off playing a Bolt and watching your opponent just go to two against you and be like, "Haha, you died." If your goal is to get people with with who played Shadow because it's hyped with Lightning Bolt, out of in fact that I can respect. I think you're high on drugs if you think you can get through the I, No, I, I think that, I mean, I still think that Infect is, is a fine deck to, to play. I don't know that in this particular meta it's the greatest deck to play, but if you play smart around these decks, I think you can, I think you can, uh, you can leverage the deck uh, against these, de- against these decks. You got to rig everything out of the deck to beat decks like Grixis Control, which is, I mean, not going to happen on a regular basis, but. I do love me some Berserk, so... Yeah, I, I mean, Berserk that. is so good. All right, Phil, you decide yet? I'll be honest, guys. I tried really hard to make Leovold a thing. I couldn't figure it out. I tried really hard to experiment with Psy. I will say that Psy plus Retrofitter is great, uh, but I couldn't really find too much shell beyond that. Uh, you just cast you cast Psy, and then you follow up with a Retrofitter, and then Retrofitter immediately turns the Thopter into a 4-4. It's also a good turn one play. You just make blockers forever. It's a great sink. It has a lot going for it. I really like it. It'll be... It's a cool card, that's for sure. It'll be index I play in the future. I think Sai is just waiting for a home to be busted. Um, But for this GP, I will be sleeving up some form of miracles. I think that's... Now, are you counting your four bobble, four mentor deck as a miracles deck, or just... Yeah, I I mean, I'm just... it'll, It'll... it's going to have mentor somewhere in it. Uh, it just depends on how aggressive. If I if I do play miracles, it's going to be like the really really hard control deck that I was talking about. Yep. Um, so and think, if it's not that, then it's going to be bobble mentor. So I think we can we can guarantee that your deck will have some number of mentors and four ponders. Yes. And you want to know the card <laughs> that I've actually been really like I've I've been trying it out and I'm just like really high on it. Stony sure. silence. Okay. I've been seeing like no rods. I don't know what the the benefit of no rod is over Stony Silence, but in the Miracles decks, I really like Stony Silence. Like well, you the, play it against D and T, and it just shuts off their equipment and their Aether Vials, and it's like, well, good GGs, dude. The main reason that you play uh, no rod over Stony Silence, aside from like you know you're worried about enchantment removal, which isn't a thing, uh, is because your deck doesn't have white mana sources. Yeah. What's yeah. the what's the what's the enchantment removal that you'd care about? No, I'm just saying that's that's the only reason I could think of other than other than the real reason, which is you can't actually cast it. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, what, what white decks are there? I I, I can only think that you cast it off of two islands, but um, shutting off DNT for two mana is pretty sweet, and that way you don't have to worry about like because the biggest defender in that matchup is just like Sophie, like Sword of Fire and Ice is just the the, the yeah yeah that's that like the sucks. most punishing card against you <laughs> because it makes every one of their threats matter. Uh, yeah, 
Um, yeah, and Vile, like, it just turning off Flicker Wisp on your turn. Like, you ever forget how many counters on a Vile and they tap it and you're like, oh, it's three? Oh, man. No, I'm always <laughs> violently, violently aware of how many counters are on my opponent's three charge It's hard three on, mag- charge on Magic Online. Yeah, sometimes on Magic Online I get a little, it, it gets lost the, in, like, the board. But it, yeah. It's the only thing that I care about in that matchup is, like, when, when it hits three and I'm just like, yep, here comes the stupid stuff. Yep. Now you're playing, like, a blue deck. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's enough for us. It was yeah. fun. It was fun to kind of just go through everything and give some opinions. Yeah, it's been yeah, it's, it's been a while it's since we all three partner. of us talked together uh, without without somebody else uh, getting getting to talk it up. So the next time we'll talk, we'll probably be about elves, and then we'll have a we'll have a grand pre wrap up after that, and yep. then we'll get even closer to our hundredth episode. So. Yeah. All right, everybody. Well, it was uh it was wonderful talking to you and uh. See everyone next week. GG's, yo. Have a good week, all. to get those wonderful toys. Eternal Dirtles is supported by Audible.com. If you'd like a free audiobook and start up a trial with Audible, you can go to audibletrial.com slash eternaldirtles and they'll hook you up with a free book and you'll be supporting the show. Thanks so much.